All right, here we go. It is great to be with you again. Welcome back to the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Mike Guido here with you. It is great to have you in. Uh, We have plenty of stuff to go over today. I am over the moon, (laughs) okay? Later this week, on Thursday night, we have the NBA draft. We'll discuss that uh, to start the show today. We'll discuss, uh, we'll analyze some of the prospects that could be coming out of the Big 12, uh, especially one that is going to be coming out of Texas Tech and why I think he could very well easily get drafted on Thursday night. Um, In about 10 minutes, the SEC Big 12 Challenge matchups were announced, uh, and I think that Texas Tech fans should be incredibly happy with who their matchup is for next year. Uh, so let's begin the show th- uh, the show with this. So in my eyes, and again, I am an absolute draft nerd. I'm a former draft lead writer for a website. Um, I am just an absolute geek for this stuff. This is Christmas in June for me. And the way that I see it is, is there are six prospects in the Big 12 that could hear their name called on Thursday night. Four of which, I think, could very well get drafted in the first round. They have a real chance at that. And I would even say two of those guys are definitely going in the first round. Now, Kansas right now is the class of the conference. Defending national champions, I think... They had the best player in the country last year in Ochai Abaji. And I think he's probably going to go lottery. Abaji's going to go lottery. Now, of the six players, here's the, here's the thing. And I think this speaks to the state of where Texas Tech is as a basketball program. And I get they're in a little bit of a turnover right now. You know, the, a relatively new coach. And, you know, we've got, you know, guys transferring out. Terrence Shannon's transferring out. Uh, we're bringing in new guys. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a a season of turnover a little bit for Texas Tech. Now we've maintained our consistency, but you know we're expecting a little bit of a drop before we can come back up again. Um, this is the cool part about this: is that of the six players that are going to be coming out of the Big Twelve, uh, they're only really coming out of three schools. They're only really the only uh, the only three schools that are going to be uh, representing draft prospects this year are Kansas, Baylor, and us, <laughs> and that's it. Kansas, you have two with Ochai Abaji and Christian Braun. Baylor has three: Jeremy Sohan, Kendall Brown, and James Akinjo. They're going to be uh, uh, they're going to be the Baylor guys, and for Texas Tech. It's Bryson Williams. Now, Bryson Williams, I think, at this point, is not among the top of the draft prospects that are going to be coming out, but I do think that he could very easily get drafted, and here's why. Because the NBA as a whole is changing. The NBA right now is becoming way more positionless than it ever has been. And Bryson Williams fits exactly what he uh, uh, fits exactly into that. A very strong, mobile combo forward. And again, he's developed senior season. And I get he only spent one season at Tech, but 
senior season, and he does a lot of the cool stuff right. Right? A lot of the stuff that people are interested in, a lot of the 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 stuff that uh, teams are interested in, you know, being able to stretch the floor as a shooter. Okay? Being a solid, polished, low post scorer. A good rebounder. I mean, Bryson Williams, you got to keep in mind. I mean, these combo forwards, he fits the mold of what NBA teams want. And no, none of these prospects are 100% polished. They're, that's why you have to develop them. And some have more upside than others. But if you look at who Bryson Williams is as a player, athletic, great size. I mean, he's 6'8", 228. He's, and he's a thick, stocky, athletic-looking guy. He is, and he plays like it. And he does a lot of the things that you'd want right. Right? Like stretches the floor, scores in the low post. He's a good rebounder. Okay? He can defend. And this is another part of the NBA where I think he would really, really excel. It's everything moves off screens. Everything right now moves off screens. So I think he would be great defending the pick and roll. I think he would be great executing the pick and roll. Because if you have some of these combo forwards that play primarily at the four, right? You have some of these combo forwards that play primarily at the four, and you have to decide as a defender how exactly you're going to guard the screener. I mean, that's really difficult, especially now for defenses, because a lot of these guys can stretch the floor and shoot. I mean, back then when pick and rolls, and not too long ago, back then when the pick and roll was run, I mean, it it was kind of easier to defend. Because, yeah, you'd have to switch defensively, but if you got caught on the screen, you would just roll back with the guy who set the screen, with the screener. Because that would be it. They would set the screen, they would roll to the basket, and it's either they got the ball or it was an unsuccessful pick and roll, and they would just try it again and come back up at the top. That's that's not how it is anymore. Pick and roll is not just pick and roll now. Pick and roll is also pick and pop. So guys like Bryson Williams excel in those categories because he has the big strong body to set a a, a devastating screen but he can also pop out and not just roll to the rim with his finishing ability but he can come back out and shoot a three when the uh when the lane isn't there so it makes it really really effective so if you ask me Bryson Williams, and again, he's not a first-round pick, but Bryson Williams could very easily go in the second round for somebody because, again, I don't think he has superstar potential in the NBA. I just don't. You know, I, I he does a lot of things well, but he doesn't have that one thing that genuinely stands out. Like, for Chet Holmgren, he's got a million things that jump off the page. Right? Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga is one of these players where you know, he's like seven foot and moves like a guard. He blocks shots like crazy and he shoots 40%. And like some of these guys have crazy upside. Bryson Williams is going to be a really good role player for somebody, whether he gets drafted on Thursday night or not. I mean, you tell me. 
I mean, having a guy who can shoot 42% from three as a forward, as a combo forward who plays most of his time at the four, right? Tell me that that's not valuable in today's NBA also, because it is. So I think Bryson Williams could very easily uh, get drafted on Thursday night. Now, let's talk about some of the other guys uh, in the Big 12. So let's start out with Kansas. Ochai Abaji is one of my favorite players in the draft. And I know that he pretty much launched everybody into the stratosphere last year. He was so unbelievably good. One of the leading shooters in the country. I mean, I think he's got real, real upside, this kid. And I I know that a lot of these NBA draft heads are, you know, I'm a little higher on Abaji than, than most of these draft heads are. But if you're talking about a guy that, again, shoots 40, 41% from three, has a nice athletic body, can play both wing positions, he can move, he's athletic, he's got leaping ability, he has two-way ability. I mean, on my big board, Ochai Abaji is number seven. He's number seven. I, I really think he's that good of a player. Now, I don't think he's going to go top ten, which is the crazy part to me. I, Abaji, to me, is not going to go top ten. He'll go anywhere between like 12 and like 16. Like that that's going to be his range. Most people think that he's the 12th or 13th or 14th best player in the draft. I have him way above that. Again, when you have this kind of scoring and shooting ability when you can also play defense because that's what Abaji brings you. I mean, I I that's invaluable like you wouldn't believe in the NBA. So I think Abaji is one of the better players in the whole draft. Now let's talk about the other Kansas guy, Christian Braun. Now Christian Braun kind of came onto the scene a little bit late. Nobody was talking about him uh, uh, about getting drafted until the tournament. But then you know what? He played really great. He was NCAA All-Region. He was he ended up winning a championship. I mean, listen, he was all Big 12 last year with Braun. And then again, look at the trend of what is going on in the NBA. All of these high-profile draft picks, and not even the high-profile guys, right? Because Bryson Williams isn't high-profile. Bryson Williams is not one of these crazy draft prospects that everybody's drooling over. But what do they all have in common? They're all shooting the three ball at a very efficient rate. Abaji and Bryson Williams are both over 40%. Christian Braun is at 38.5%. And people think that it can go higher. He has a really nice shooting stroke. He's real. He moves really well without the ball in his hands. He's great at shooting the ball off the dribble. He averaged 14 points a game last year. And again, that steady progression is another thing that teams look for. I mean, as his minutes increased, meaning Braun's, he ended up getting better. His rebounds went up, his assists went up, his blocks per game went up, his efficiency went up. I mean, he had his best season last year, clearly. And like I said, I'm a draft nerd. I follow it as much as anybody. Christian Braun was not a draft prospect until about about the first round of the tournament. When you finally saw him and you were like, oh, okay, maybe the kid can play a little. 
It just takes that much. So Christian Braun and Ochai Abaji, I think both have a decent chance of now going in the first round. Ochai Abaji, I think, is definitely going in the first round. Christian Braun, he might be early second. But Braun, listen, all it takes is one team. All it takes is one team. If you if if Golden State or something like that at the, with the 28th pick feels like, you know what? We're not going to get him later in the draft. So we might as well take him now. You never know with these guys. And then let's go to the Baylor guys. Now, Baylor, their highest profile guy is so interesting because it's Jeremy Sohan. And Jeremy Sohan was not a starter last year. <laughs> Jeremy Sohan was Big 12 six man of the year. This dude came off the bench. And if you're making it, listen, if you want my honest opinion, it is likely that Jeremy Sohan goes lottery. And he does a lot of things really well, too. Good finisher, good athlete, solid rebounder. He does a lot of things really well. Plays with a lot of energy. I think he's a good defender. He's going to do another one of those guys. Again, he's not really a combo forward. He's more of a strict power forward in my mind. But he's, again, very similar to Bryson Williams where, you know, he can move off screens. He's a he's going to be able to execute the pick and roll, and he's going to be able to defend the pick and roll. I actually think he'll be able to defend the pick and roll better than what Bryson Williams could provide you. I mean, Sohan's a real prospect. Sohan is a real prospect that's going to that might go lottery uh, in the draft this year. The other guy I've got for Baylor, and again, this is one of those first round guys, is Kendall Brown. And Kendall Brown, true freshman was Big 12 All-Freshman this year. He's one of the best pure athletes in the draft. This guy jumps out of the building. He jumps out of the absolute building. If you remember watching him last year, I mean, he gave you so much, you know, not even just as a scorer, and again, his scoring numbers weren't through the roof, but look at how efficient he was. I mean, Kendall Brown was, he shot 58% from the field. I mean, you want to talk about efficiency, and you want to talk about three-pointers also. I mean, it's not even like his three-point percentage was that bad. And he didn't take very many of them, but he shot 34%. If you can hit one for three in a game, that's useful. That's really useful. So Kendall Brown is another one of these guys that, that you know, great athlete, and he's going to get drafted at some point this year too. So uh, another thing that's uh, – another guy from Baylor. Another guy from Baylor, James Akinjo. Now, James Akinjo, small little point guard, right? 6'1", small little guy. But boy, can he pass. And that's another part of this that I want to bring up. Is James Akinjo is one of these players that isn't necessarily a screener in the pick and roll, but he's the guard. He's the initiator. Okay, he's the ball handler in the pick and roll here. Average 5.8 assists last year, and he could still score, by the way, 13.5 points. Now, his three ball, I think, still needs to get a little bit better, but you also have to keep this in mind. It was a big number dip from what he was last year. He shot 29.5% from three this year. The season prior, when he played at Arizona, he shot 41% from three. He can hit it. He's just got to become 
more consistent, more efficient with it. Akinjo's more of a second rounder for me, maybe later second rounder, could be an undrafted free agent. But players like this are going to be really valuable, especially with Akinjo's speed and his passing accuracy, his defensive acumen. He is a turnover creator. Averaged two steals a game last year. So, again, these are the kind of things that are valuable. And I do think, like I said, I'll, I'll revert back to my original point before. I think having a player like Bryson Williams that is in this group of guys, because like I said, it's only really six. It's really only six guys that I think have a possibility of getting drafted this year. That's it. Six guys out of the Big 12. It's Abaji and Braun from Kansas. It's Brown, Sohan, and Akinjo from Baylor. And then it's Bryson Williams. And then it's Bryson Williams. So, listen, I think it says a lot about the state of where the program is. And, I, listen, I, I, I would, it would make me incredibly happy. And I'm sure it would make a ton of Texas Tech fans happy to hear Bryson Williams name called. Because, again, it, it represents the program. And, it's, and it, honestly, it tells people, think about this for a minute. When you see guys go pro, I mean, what does that say to all the high school kids that are thinking about coming here? Listen, we can get you drafted. We can get you to the next level. Bryson Williams was not a draftable prospect a year ago. Bryson Williams was nobody a year ago. I mean, think about it. Bryson Williams has been in college for six years He started playing college basketball at Fresno State in 2016. I mean, he's been around the block a few times. Two years at Fresno State, a redshirt transfer to UTEP the year after, then he spent two more years at UTEP, and then comes to Texas Tech, and then all of a sudden, he's on the draft radar. What does that say about our program? What does that say about Texas Tech's program? We took a guy in Bryson Williams who nobody had even heard of despite his success, right? I mean, he was a decent player. But the year before he came to Texas Tech, he was a 28% three-point shooter. That's it. He wasn't as good of an assist man. He wasn't as good of a defensive player. He comes to Texas Tech. Bryson Williams comes to Texas Tech. His three-point percentage jumps up by almost 15 points. 15 percentage points. Becomes part of a successful program that consistently makes the tournament. Becomes one of the key players. Him next to Terrence Shannon... They were good last year. Became part of a real defensive identity. And now all of a sudden, Bryson Williams is on the draft radar. He's talking to teams. There's a real thing here. So I think that's very interesting for us. 
I really do. I think that's a it's a really good sign for the Texas Tech basketball program going forward because if they see guys going pro, and especially guys who were never going to go pro, and they see them on the draft radar now, well, okay, what can they do for me? And that's a message that you want to have. Uh, okay, so let's dive into this quickly before we get going. Um, so Texas Tech's Big 12 SEC Challenge opponent for next year is, drum roll please, <laughs> uh, it's LSU. <laughs> let's eat. Let's eat. And not only is it LSU, but it's LSU after leaving. Uh, they have three notable players gone. Gone. Actually, I'll even I'll even give them a little bit of leeway. Uh, leeway. Two. They have two real notable notable players that are leaving. The first is Tari Eason. They're losing him to the draft. And the second is Darius Days to the draft. So we get to play LSU next year, and LSU is losing their two best players. Tari Eason and Darius Days are both gone. They're both gone. Sharif O'Neal is gone. Xavier Pinson is gone. Now, before I go too off the rails, it's not like we're not losing anybody either. Bryson Williams is leaving. Terrence Shannon transferred. Kevin O'Banner's gone. So we're losing some guys too. But let's just go back in history for a minute. Who has the edge in this matchup? All time in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, Texas Tech is, is 6-3. and three. Last season against Mississippi State, we had a 25-point win over Mississippi State. The last time we played LSU was in 2021. It was at LSU. We took a five-point win. The all-time series against LSU were 5-3. and three. And by the way, this is the cool part. We're three and one in Baton Rouge. This game's in the bag. It's in the bag. Defense is what this team is built on. And LSU is a team that does not have the offensive firepower to overcome it. Next season, like I said, I still think that next year is going to be a little bit of a transitional year for us. But... Think about it for a minute. That defensive identity is still going to be there. And LSU is in a position where, look, say what you want about them. They're a football school, and they haven't had a great season, a great basketball season in a long time. So I just think it's funny to bring that up. I uh, I think Texas Tech lucked out. It's at LSU, which, again, not really a big deal. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think we're going to nab another one. And maybe, because, again, the SEC won last year. The SEC won 6-4 last year. So, hopefully this time around. Okay, actually, let's, before we go, let's actually look at 
Let's actually look at what the, the matchups are. Let's actually look at what the matchups are for the Big 12 SEC Challenge here. Because if you ask me, I actually think that the Big 12 has a real shot here. Arkansas is going to Baylor. Baylor's going to win that one. Auburn at West Virginia. See, that's an interesting one because Auburn's the better team, but West Virginia's at home. So we'll give that one a toss-up. We'll put that to the side. Alabama and Oklahoma is a toss-up. But I would say Oklahoma. Oklahoma has a much more consistent basketball program than Alabama does. Oak State is going to beat Ole Miss. Uh, I would say K-State and Florida is pretty evenly matched. Kansas and Kentucky. If you ask me, the defending champion Kansas is going to beat Kentucky. I really think so. Now, it's at Kentucky. It's, it's, it's difficult. But if you haven't noticed, in recent years, Kentucky's found a really, they've had a really hard time remaining consistent. I trust Kansas more. I'll take Texas over Tennessee. Now, again, that's a little weird. But there's something about what this new Texas team brings that I like a lot. Uh, TCU, Mississippi State, that's going to be a toss-up for me. Texas Tech will beat LSU. Iowa State and Missouri. Listen, I, it, uh, another another toss-up here. But even in the games where you're just like, ah, I'm not sure, there really aren't any that's just like, oh, yeah, well, 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 you know, Big 12 is screwed on that one. I don't think that's the case right now. I don't think that's the case at all. So, it, listen, Baylor's going to beat Arkansas. I like Kansas over Kentucky. I like Oak State over Ole Miss. I like Texas Tech over LSU. Listen, you can say everything else is a toss-up. That's fine. But look, the, the, if that's four wins out of the gate right there, I don't know. I like the chances this year. All right. Thanks for being with me. I appreciate you letting me be with you. Uh, This is the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. We'll be back next week. We'll see you.